But then the day I closed on my house, I realized I really didn't know where my money was going or what I was doing. And if I had like a major emergency, now I had things that actually I would have to be able to pay for and I needed to plan a little better. So that's really what triggered me wanting to pay off my debt. You're listening to the Winning to Wealth podcast, where you'll hear real stories from real people who are on the path to building real wealth. These stories will show you how to earn more money, pay off debt, start investing, and make better money choices so you can build wealth for your future. Now, here's your host, Michael Lacey. What's up, what's up, what's up, teammates? And welcome to the Winning to Wealth podcast. I'm Michael Lacey, and this is episode number 45. Now, this week, I brought on a great, great guest to share their debt freedom story, Miss Christy Epperson from Debt Free at 23. So to set this episode up, I have to go back to my 11th grade year. And during my 11th grade year, it was mandatory for all of the basketball players to also run cross country. Now, we all goofed off and never, ever took it serious. Like once we got into the woods and were out of sight of the coaches, a lot of us would just quit running and just start walking during practice. And I'll be honest, like I hated this sport at first, but as the season went on, I actually really grew to enjoy running cross country. And so when I came back from my senior year, I signed up to do it again, even though we weren't required to run in order to play basketball that year. And that year, the tone and the energy around our cross country team was just different. Everybody that showed up actually wanted to be there. And we all wanted to get better, whether it was because we actually loved the sport or just because a few of us basketball guys really, really wanted to use it as an opportunity to get into the best shape possible for the season. Now, we weren't the best team by any means, but we were committed that senior year. But even though we were committed to the process, there were times, even during that season, where I thought to myself, yeah, I don't really want to do this anymore. But there's real value in surrounding yourself with people who are not only moving in the same direction as you, but who also want you to succeed. There's a value in knowing that somebody somewhere is counting on you to show up and be your best self. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's real value in community. And so Christy Epperson had this exact same revelation a few years back as she was working to improve her finances. And so we're going to explore that on this week's episode. So Christy, hi, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so excited to to jump into this talk and learn more about your debt-free journey. But kind of before we go into that, I mean, I came across you on Instagram, right? And you go by debt-free at 23 on Instagram. So what led you to create a debt-free account and and why did you choose that name? So I started my debt-free journey when I was 22 years old. I had just graduated nursing school, just started working as a nurse. And I was about, I don't know, what would I say? like six months in at that point and ready to absolutely quit. I was so fed up with paying off my debt. I wanted to stop and just live with that forever. Um, but instead I found the debt-free community on Instagram 
And I really liked it. I'd kind of been like an observer of it for a while, but I decided I was finally ready to participate. So I kind of did the math, saw what a realistic goal would be for having my debt paid off and realized that I could have it paid off before I was 23. So it kind of all of that just led me to making the Instagram account debt free at 23. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning of your journey. We we kind of you kind of gave me a lot there. So yeah. the beginning of your journey, you had how much debt, and how did you find yourself in that debt? So I had twenty thousand dollars in debt roughly um, after I graduated college, and six thousand of that was in a car loan, and fourteen thousand was student loans. Okay, and so you know once you total that up, like what was the process for you? Coming to that number, because a lot of people have debt, right? They have car loans, they have student loans, but they never know how much it is, what it would take to pay it off. So for you, what happened that made you sit down and calculate how much debt you had? That's a great question. I think it was mostly I was going through the home buying process. And that's something you have to take into consideration before you, I don't know, go like talk to the bank and like convince them that you're worthy of a mortgage. Um, So I that's when I called my bank to see how much I had left on the car loan. Because I had no idea. I had I didn't even know how much longer I was going to be making the minimum payments, honestly. And then I looked at all my student loans and kind of added them up too after that, which was kind of a terrifying process. Yeah, I bet. So I mean, how I mean, can you go into that a little bit? Like how how that felt and like what went through your mind as you're seeing these numbers? It was definitely super overwhelming because I don't know, I feel like most of us are kind of like ingrained throughout our lives that paying off debt and making monthly payments. It's just something you're going to do forever. And um, that's kind of where I was at at that point when I first totaled it up. And I was like, well, I'm making the monthly payments, min- like the minimum. So everything's fine. Um, and But then when you look at the numbers as a whole, it is super overwhelming. Yeah. Okay. So you, you're going through the home buying process is kind of how you got to that point. And so like, is it safe to say that like that was the motivation? Like did something happen in the process to where you felt like, okay, I have to get this to get the home? Or what was the motivation for actually saying, I'm going to pay the debt off? It was actually the day I closed on my house. I was super excited leading up to it. And was like, this is great. I'm buying my first home at 22. Um, Like I felt like I was doing things correctly. But then the day I closed on my house, I realized I really didn't know where my money was going or what I was doing. And if I had like a major emergency, now I had things that actually I would have to be able to pay for and I needed to plan a little better. So that's really what triggered me wanting to pay off my debt. Okay. And so, you know, I know for me, like when I started my debt-free journey, I had, I was kind of like, like I had no clue like what I was doing. I just knew like the paycheck got deposited and I paid the bills and whatever was left. We just kind of did whatever with it. There was no plan or anything like that. So once you made that commitment, How did you go about learning like what you needed to do every month? Yeah, that was hard. That definitely took me a few months to kind of figure it out. Um, The first thing I did, I think after I made the commitment that I was actually going to do something different, I didn't know what, I just knew I needed to do something different, was I started tracking all my expenses because quite frankly, I did not know where I was spending my money. I was kind of like you where I knew I had money left. So I was like, I must be doing something right. Um, and, but that's how I ended up finding Dave Ramsey and his baby steps, um, which for people who aren't familiar, Dave Ramsey is a popular financial guru who he has seven baby steps that kind of, um, show you the path towards financial freedom. So those were kind of the next steps that I took. Okay. And so like from that point, like 
what what was the next step? So like you find the baby steps, you realize, okay, I've got to start tracking my spending. You do that, but the debt's still there. So as you start kind of saying, okay, I really want this debt gone. Like what were some of the steps you took to just eliminate the debt? So once I started tracking my spending, I really saw how much money I had left over at the end of the month with just doing the spending that I was like currently doing. So with no sacrifices and no added income. And at first I was fine with that. And it was probably like around $400 each month. And I, so I figured I could just put that extra money towards either my car payment or my student loans. And eventually I'd have it paid off a little sooner than I had initially intended. But then kind of as the ball got rolling, it's almost like an addicting feeling. You just want to be able to put more and more towards it each month. So that's when I started making sacrifices, picked up extra jobs, um, and just found ways that I could cut back to put more money towards my debt. Oh, I love that. Okay. I love a good side hustle. So can you talk a little bit about just what you did in terms of, you know, finding ways to to increase your income? Because for a lot of people, I mean, that is a logical step. Like we talk a lot about cutting back, but for some people, they just don't make enough to start attacking their debt. So what did that look like for you? Yeah, that's a great point to make. I think is that it's so easy to harp on cutting back. And that is something that a lot of people do not have the luxury to do. So adding income is something you can always do. And that's a great place to start for sure. So it's nice being a nurse. You have a little bit of flexibility with your schedule. So I was able to work two nursing jobs for a while, um, which was mildly exhausting, but it's a nice extra chunk of money for sure. Um, I also substitute taught for a while, um, which was something that's for sure. So much respect for teachers um, (laughs) without a doubt. And then I mow my grandma's yard. And I know that sounds funny, but it's something I've been doing since I was in eighth grade. And she pays me and every year gives me a 10% raise. And it's not a ton of money, but it's still extra that I was able to put towards debt um, every week throughout the summer. Okay. And, you know, as I was doing research, like I was kind of combing your Instagram page, right? And one of the things that you had touched on in one of your posts was about not feeling guilty about spending money. So can you talk a little bit about like where that mindset came from and then how you kind of overcame that? Yeah, absolutely. So a very unexpected um, benefit that came out of my debt-free journey was the freedom that I got surrounding money as a whole. I used to like through college and even before that in high school, I would feel very guilty spending money, especially spending money on things that I didn't see as necessities. Um, And I think that just came from a place of not knowing where my money was going and not really being responsible for that money at all. So to overcome that, having budgeted money for things that you want to spend on is huge. So I give myself extra money each month to spend on um, just like personal things. So things if I go to want to go to Target and spend $20 on nonsense, that's okay. And I don't have to feel bad about it. Um, so that was definitely a huge part of my debt-free journey was allowing myself the freedom to spend money. And it takes away that guilt surrounding money. Love it. Love it. And, and I know like, you know, going back a little bit to, to my story, um, one of the hard parts for me, like, you know, we hang with family, we hang with friends, we go out, we do stuff all the time. And, you know, you were young, you were 22 when you're going through this. Right. And so I want to know, like, how did your family and your friends react? Like, did you have to make some big lifestyle changes and where they're like, oh man, you're not hanging with us anymore. Like kind of what was the social dynamic like of your debt-free journey? Yeah. So I, I didn't tell people at first, I, I didn't feel like I could really succeed. I wasn't super 
super confident in myself. So I didn't tell a lot of people at first, but then once I started making some headway, then, well, my friends definitely started to catch on. I was saying no to more, more things like concerts and eating out, um, and stuff like that. And it is hard. It's definitely hard to change your lifestyle almost, but it was such a temporary sacrifice for, I think, such long-term gain. You know, it's inevitable that as we go through life, right, not just necessarily a debt-free journey, but things happen, stuff pops up, things break. And I mean, like you said, you bought a house and that was one of your thoughts was like, okay, now I have to be responsible if things go haywire. So I want to know, like, did you have any challenges while you were on your debt-free journey? Yeah, I had a lot of challenges, it it felt like at least. Um, One thing about homeownership that I think is understated is the fact that you have to buy so much stuff up, up front, just like a lawnmower. I never even thought about that. But then I moved in and like a week later, the grass was super tall and I was like, I need to go buy a lawnmower. So there was so much stuff like that that popped up. Um, But also just going back to the sacrifices. So you definitely have to change some things. And um, like I would budget so much money for eating out each month. And when that money was up, even if I didn't feel like cooking at home, it was kind of like too bad. You got to find something to eat in the cabinet because you're out of money to go out to eat this month. Right. Okay. And so something that you touched on earlier in my first question was that you get six months into this journey and you're like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm over it. So what was happening that made that thought creep into your mind? It was actually Christmas. I made my Instagram account on Christmas day, but I think it was seeing all of the things that my friends and my family were doing. Cause I had so many friends and family like home and in town for the holidays and having to say no to a lot of the stuff they were doing just because it costs money or um, just for whatever reason. And I was just like, this is so dumb. I can live in debt for the rest of my life. Everybody else does it, you know, talking myself out of it entirely. Um, I felt like I wasn't making any headway and was just super frustrated. So how do you come out of that place, right? Like, you know, that's, a, I mean, that's a really, really tough place. A lot of people get to that place and they never bounce back from that. So for you, what did you have to do to ultimately keep going and end up debt-free? Yeah. So it definitely felt like a plateau in my debt-free journey. Um, making the Instagram account was one huge thing and just finding those people to surround you and to encourage you, which that helped a lot. And then also looking at people who have succeeded. So finding stories of people who have been successful and seeing like what they're doing now um, and how that's worked for their benefit long-term. Okay. And another thing that you touched on a little bit was just the the lifestyle changes, right? On the journey. So For you, like, what were some of those things that may have been a little difficult that you had to cut out and say no to? So one thing that always comes to mind um, whenever anybody asks me this question is all my friends went to a Kenny Chesney concert and I did not have money that month budgeted to go because they asked me like a little last minute and I couldn't go and FOMO was real and I had to watch all my friends go and have a great time while I was sitting at home probably doing nothing. (laughs) Okay. And so, I mean, looking back on that experience, like now that you're debt free, would you still make that choice? Like knowing what you know now, or do you feel like at the time or even right now that that was the best choice for you? 100%. And not just for the, for the fact of like, I didn't need to go to that concert, but it really taught me saying no to instant gratification. And I don't need to do everything just because my first like gut reaction is to say yes and to agree and to be like, oh, that would be a couple hours of fun. But yeah, so I definitely don't regret the sacrifices I made. And I think in hindsight, they, I probably could have made more. 
<laughs> okay, so I mean, let me. Yeah, I have to ask about that. Like, what what are some things that you were like? Yeah, I'm not giving that up. That that's a no go. Yeah. So in the middle of my debt free journey, I actually went to Australia. Um, it was a very unplanned kind of impromptu trip. I had a friend who was staying there at the time. He was like, "Hey, you should come down. You know, you'll have a place to stay." And the next day, I brought, bought a plane ticket. So that wasn't the wisest thing. <laughs> However, I paid for the whole trip in cash. So <laughs> I didn't go into debt. <laughs> well, that's important because, you know, life doesn't, in my opinion, life doesn't begin and end with debt freedom, right? There's more mm-hmm. to life than being debt free. Although it is a fantastic goal. I have friends who are multimillionaires who have consumer debt, right? And and while I believe that you should pay it off, there's more than one ways to do things. So as I always say, personal finance is personal and you have to make those, you know, the best decisions for you. So I want to transition to like, you know, you actually paying off the debt. So you said that you started the journey six months in, you were ready to quit. How long did it take you to actually become debt free? It took me 12 months total to pay off all my debt. Okay. And so do you mind sharing what your income range was during that 12 months? I made between 45 and 50,000. Okay. 45 and 50,000 and mm-hmm. you paid off $20,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. How? Because, <laughs> yeah. because that's, yeah, like that's almost half of, you know, of your annual income. Right. So like, how is that possible? What, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So this number was definitely just the, um, from my main job. So side hustles are huge. I made so much or so much of the headway I made paying off my debt was strictly from the extra income I was making. Um, like we already discussed, you can't always decrease your, how much you have to spend, but you can always increase your income. And I'm a firm believer in that. Even if you're out delivering pizzas, there's, there's always a way to make, to bring home more money. Um, so that was a huge thing. And then all of that money, I never even looked at those paychecks. I just threw those whole paychecks towards debt. And I think that helped a lot too, because it'd be easy to look at them and be like, oh, I have an extra thousand dollars this month. Like, let me go buy something just because I want it. But I never looked at those like that. So that helped a ton. Um, and I also was able to decrease my expenses pretty low. I am single, which helps. And I don't have any children which also helps. <laughs> I heard kids are expensive. <laughs> so through that, I think I was just able to cut back enough and make enough extra that I was able to get it all paid off. Love it. Love it. And so, I mean, how did it feel when you hit submit on that last payment? Because again, your journey was, it was tough. Like you're saying no to concerts with your friends. You got six months in, you're ready to stop and you push forward and you ultimately pay off all the debt. So what did that moment feel like for you? So it was actually super anticlimactic. I got paid on a Thursday night and we get paid late. So I didn't stay up or anything to get the paycheck. But Friday morning before work, I got up early and made my last payment to my student loans. And I was expecting like something from the loan company, you know, like being like, oh, your balance is zero. But no, they didn't do that. It was just, it was like your, your payment is pending. And I was just like, oh, that's a bummer. No confetti, um, no nothing. Yeah. Like. <laughs> There was none of that. I was so disappointed. Um, But no, it was it was an incredible feeling. I was so excited. And I'm pretty sure the first words out of my mouth when I got to work that day were I just finished paying off all my debt. And everybody was like, Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's as invested as you are, obviously. But it was a super awesome feeling for sure. (laughs) So so how long ago was that? And, And looking back on it now, like, 
does it still feel that same way? Do you still kind of catch yourself being like, I really did it? Or have you more so moved on to something else? No, I think about it all the time. And I hear people talk about their debt frequently. And just because once again, it's one of those things just all our culture accepts. And it's just, it, it is what it is. And I'll be like, Oh, yeah, I don't have any of that. And so that's always cool to look back on. And I pay, I finished paying off my debt. It was in May 2019. Um, and yeah, it is still like a surreal thing. And the fact that I can control the fact that I will never go into debt again. I love that. I love that. And and obviously, we've talked about the debt-free community on Instagram. So can you just talk a little about, a bit about the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded people on the journey, right? Because, you know, not everybody has family and friends that just get it and that want to push you forward and, and help you reach that goal. So can you just touch on just what that meant to you to have that community? Yeah, that's a a very valid point to make that a lot of people don't agree with whatever your personal financial journey is. And it is hard to often find like-minded people. And you might even have people close to you telling you pretty much that you're crazy. Um, And if that is the case, I would definitely recommend finding resources like your podcast and things like that, that you can um, consume frequently, like on your drive to work while you're at the gym just to hear and be flooded with that positive information that's supporting the goal that you're working towards. I think that's a big step for people who don't have that support that's directly around them. Um, But it's huge. And just whatever you're pursuing in life to surround yourself with people that are supporting your goal and that will encourage you and not only be there to celebrate when you're done, but to pick you up on those days that you don't want to keep going so that they can just kind of remind you like why you're doing it and what you're working towards. Absolutely. I love that. So once I mean, once you became debt free, like what was your focus then? And the reason I asked that question is because I've interviewed so many people that it's kind of like the debt free journey like consumes them. And once they pay it off, they find themselves creeping back into some of those old habits and ultimately end up back in debt. So what new goals did you set once you became debt free to keep yourself from going back to that place? So the first thing that I did after I became debt free, especially to help from getting back to a place where I felt like I would be forced to go into debt in the future was saving up a six month emergency fund. Um, So that just included six months worth of expenses. So that would cover like if I were to get fired from my job tomorrow, or like if there was a major thing that needed replaced in my house, um, the, like the deductibles for my insurances, I looked at that too, and kind of factored that in to how much to save up. Um, which I will say saving that up after paying off all my debt was really hard (laughs) because I felt like I had so much extra money and I wanted to spend it on things that I wanted to spend it on after sacrificing for a year. So that was not an easy feat, but I have completed my six month emergency fund since then. And it um, honestly feels great. You know, I love that you talked about how hard that is in comparison to the journey, because that is such a valid point. And I think that's, again, why I said like a lot of people, because you have this influx of cash, it's very easy to go, well, it's only one month. And then one month becomes two and two becomes three. And then you're back into those old habits and back in debt. So I love that you spoke, uh, kind of spoke to that a little bit. So can you talk about why you know, why you chose six months? Like, why was the six month important to you? Because I know there's kind of varying opinions about three, six, nine, 12, whatever. So why was six important to you? Um, I honestly generally just tend to err on the side of caution. Three months definitely seemed like it would be sufficient, but I figured I got to three months pretty quickly, quicker than I thought I could. And I was like, well, I'm already this far. I might as well just keep, keep saving. 
So that's why I went ahead and went for the six month. And then I figured if I had a huge traumatic life event, having six months to not really have to worry would be a huge relief and like a huge blessing in my life. So I was like, why not just go for it? Love it. That's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) So on that, I mean, on that note, like I have to ask, I mean, obviously we're living in the middle of a pandemic right now. So how has, you know, living in this time affected your ability to hit your goals or move forward, if at all? Um, or, and if not, like how much of that do you credit the debt-free journey and saving the emergency fund and all those things? Yeah, that's such a great question and just such a valid question to how we're living right now. Um, so I was almost done with my six month emergency fund kind of when all of this started. And, um, at that time at my job, we were looking at furloughs, which was pretty terrifying, but it was, um, it was an awesome feeling to know that one, I didn't have any debt. So I didn't have any outstanding payments for things that I owned besides my house. Um, and two that I had most of my six month emergency fund done. Thankfully we didn't end up getting furloughed and I was able to keep working. I finished my six month emergency fund. And then I actually kind of put everything on pause because, um, after my six month emergency fund, I started working at paying off my mortgage, but I put that on pause for a few months till things kind of leveled back out and just stored away some extra cash. And then after that, was able to put that money towards my mortgage. Once I realized that my job wasn't really in jeopardy anymore. Okay. So mortgage freedom, that's, that's what you're working towards now. Like that's your, yeah. your long-term goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why, why is that important? That's a great question. <laughs> I honestly just think it would be incredible to not have to pay a mortgage. That is so much of my paycheck each month. And I think it would be great to not have to worry about that. Um, it's such a lofty goal and kind of a crazy goal, but I'm pretty determined. I know it'll take years. It won't be nearly as quick as the, as um, paying off my debt, but I am super excited to hopefully be mortgage free by the time I'm 30. 30. Okay. So, and goal. you're 24 now, yes. right? So six, yep. more, six more years. Wow. That's awesome. That's, that's super, super incredible. I'm rooting for you. I hope you get Thank it. You. I hope you do that for <laughs> sure. So, and, and I have to ask, like, how did the habits that you had to build on your debt-free journey, like how do those habits help you now as you tackle this big, huge goal of being mortgage-free by 30? Yeah, I never realized the habits I was forming during my debt-free journey kind of until it was almost done. I became such a more disciplined person. Um, One, because I was working so much more. I had such little free time. I was having to wake up at 5 a.m. every day, pretty much if I wanted to get anything done in the day, um, which is a great habit to be in. By the way, also getting up early and getting stuff done before you have to go to your job is awesome. Um, So discipline was one thing that I never expected, but I will definitely take with me forever. Um, And then also just that instant gratification piece. So realizing that I will survive if I don't get what I want right now. Once again, I think we're in a culture and a society where if you want something, you go on Amazon and you have it the next day. And that can be such an unhealthy place to live in if you're constantly having that attitude and that perspective towards everything. I have to say, one of the things that I like to do to kind of wrap up these episodes, I like to kind of oppose a hypothetical scenario. Is that cool with you? Yeah. Okay. So let's say that we've got somebody who is, let's say they're they're in your shoes where you were, right? They're, They're deep into their journey or maybe halfway or they don't know it yet, but they're at some point in their journey. And they feel like giving up. They feel like they've done all they can do. They're ready to throw in the towel. They're just done. 
what can you say to give that person a little hope to inspire them, to encourage them to keep going? Yeah, that's a a great hypothetical to pose because I feel like it's not so hypothetical for a lot of people. Um, The first thing is definitely that if I can do it, I truly believe that anybody can do it. I didn't even know where I spent any of my money before I started all this. And here I am trying to pay off my mortgage now. Um, the power that you possess already yourself is so much greater than you think it is. And don't ever discount that because you truly can do anything that you put your mind to. And especially if you're like halfway through, just think about how far you've come and what all you've done and, um, just keep that end goal in mind for sure. This has been great. It's been great talking to you. So I do want to give you the opportunity to let people know where they can find you if they want to follow along as you tackle this mortgage. Absolutely. So um, I am on Instagram, debt free at 23. You can find me there. Follow along. If you come from the podcast, definitely send me a message. Let me know. And I would love to talk to you. Well, there you have it. All you teammates out there, be sure to go cheer Christy on as she aims to pay off her mortgage in the next five years. Again, you can find her on Instagram at debt free at 23. And now it is time for this week's win of the week. So earlier I shared about my cross country running experience and I mentioned how there were days where I just wondered why the heck am I putting myself through this? And I feel like at various points in our wealth building journey, we all face that point of wondering whether or not the sacrifices and the hard choices are really worth it. And if that's you right now, I want you to know that it's really important that you lean into your tribe. Look, I'm a mega, huge, gigantic Kobe Bryant fan. And so that means like I'm all about self-motivation and being a go-getter. But some days you just don't have it, right? And those days are dangerous because they can quickly spiral into two bad spending days. Then you have a a bad spending week. And next thing you know, it's a bad month. And all of a sudden, you're completely off track. And if you need proof of this, like that's how this works, go find episode 40 with Jasmine Tillery and hear how she talks about this happening to her early on in her journey. Like this is something that's super, super common, but... In those moments, we can feel like we're alone and even like a failure. And so I love that in Christy's story, she was just like, nope, I'm not quitting. And even though everything in me is like telling me to, I'm just not quitting. And she then took it a step further and built some accountability in her life through community. And let me just say that this journey Man, it hits different when you have people in your corner that are just rooting for you, that are authentically rooting for you. People who will just send you an encouraging message randomly. People who just won't let you fail. So like I did when I was a runner, like Jasmine did in episode 40, and like Christy did in this episode, find your people, find your tribe. Heck, I'll be your person if you don't have anybody. My Facebook group is always open and my DMs on every Winning to Wealth social media channel are too. I want you to really, really win. 
And I'm telling you, one surefire way to keep yourself on the right track is just surrounding yourself with people who are expecting you to show up and also expecting you to be your very best, even when you don't feel like it. And so if you need that on your journey, I'd, like I said, I'd love to help you. You can head over to winningtowealth.com slash teammates and link up with me in my Facebook group. There are also numerous other Facebook groups out there that you're more than welcome to join. Like it doesn't have to be just my voice. I mean, like I said, I'd love to have you come in and be a part, but that's not what this is about. I genuinely care about you winning and building generational wealth for your family. So wherever you decide to find community, I don't want you to just be a bystander. Be active, participate, and share the ups and downs of your journey with people because I believe that community is super important to your success. And so finally, if you enjoyed this episode with Christy, be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review, especially if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast. But hey, that's all the time I have for this week. So until we talk again, keep racking up those wins one at a time. Take care. You've wrapped up another episode of the Winning to Wealth podcast. To learn more about how you can start making winning money decisions, head over to winningtowealth.com.